This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. So, Philippa Morley, or on your screen it says Philippa Kate Morley. Welcome. I know you as Philippa, obviously. So Philippa, you joined our True You program near, when was it? We started, February? Yeah, it was February. But I got in contact with you guys like in the sort of September, October previously. And then we, but the course basically started in February, yeah. That's right. 12 week course. And we had the pleasure of getting to know each other in that time. You and Amber getting to know each other. You focused on, so just a a little kind of a quick intro to True You. And if you want to add anything here, that'll be great. But you tend to, when you enter the program, you work with Amber on the kind of nutrition pillars with Amber. So things um, like sleep, stress, self-perception, food, and then of course, anything that comes up for you, but definitely kind of getting deeper into the whys and the the whys behind every decision. And (laughs) I mean, it's, as a course, uh, it's pretty, I mean, it's hugely eye-opening, hugely eye-opening. And I think it all came right at the right time. You know, that phrase like, what's for you won't go past you. And I sort of feel like that about this kind of journey that I've been on that started with you and Amber. It is eye-opening, educational. It's fun. Some of it is really hard to come to terms with some of the things that you do to yourself, you know, it's just been brilliant. So you did that sort of side of things and then you did the physical as well. So you picked up personal training, um, which was brand new to you at the time. So there was elements of strength training in there and you were able to do that online and at home. And then you and I had our lovely monthly call where we catch ups, where we kind of dug into things and just corrected or changed the course of what was needed for you at a particular time, right? Should we get into it in terms of like finding out who Philippa was before you started So back in January, coming out of Christmas? So who was I before Christmas? So I was a bruised and battered, busy mother who, like everybody, in, you know, had been through some difficult things in, in, in life and had recently had a couple of d- difficult things. I lost a friend um, just in December, a really good old friend, Yeah, I sort of came to it with trepidation and anxiety, but with a a real understanding that something needed to change. I, I really felt like this cannot be it, my life. You know, this can't be it. There's got to be a better way of doing these things. And I think also, and other people may also relate to this listening, that like I had tried lots of things and you go in with this hope and hope can be dangerous, you know, because sometimes it, they don't work out in the way you want it to. But so I was a little bit hopeful, but mostly trepid- trepidatious, if that's even a word. And yeah, so I'd never done personal training before. And actually, I'd never really succeeded in getting my kind of nutrition and movement working together. I sort of always tend to focus on one or the other or I told myself a story that I could only do one and not the other yeah so I came kind of feeling trepidatious I think the Phil before was very very negative about herself I really had no self-belief and there are days where it's still bloody hard right but I now have the tools to recognize when I'm self-sabotaging I think that I was really very tired just exhausted with being me and living the life that I was living. I mean, it sounds a bit dramatic, but you know. I don't think it, yeah, and it, it isn't because that's it is real life, isn't it? I think the reality of it for so many women 
Yeah, and, and we just get on this treadmill as women, don't we, where we sort of, you know, we tend to be, I know it's not always the case, and I'm not dissing my lovely husband Dan here, but we tend to be the ones that carry the load, right, the mental load, which is, has Eva got her uniform? What are we having for tea? Has the shopping been done? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all in our heads. And we're holding down jobs, you know, and we're trying to get from A to B, you know, literally from A to B as well. And all of those things and trying to bring up a happy child who's well balanced, you know, and maintain a marriage, all of those things, you know. Yeah. So I think that's that's probably who I was before. And I, I was just reflecting just before when I was making my lunch before I came on this call about how many things have changed, like how far much further forward I am than even, I don't know what it is now, but five months ago, four or five months ago. So it just keeps on giving. Yeah. The yeah. new Philippa. Yeah, exactly. Philippa, do you mind me asking like what age you are and where you're based? No. So I am 45. God, I can't believe it when I say that. I'm 45 and I am lucky enough to live in the Lake District. So I live in, in Kendall and I've lived up here for 10 years. So we used to be London based, but I'm surrounded by stunning countryside and lots of water, which is one of my favourite things. Which is something that you've got back into recently. And who do you live with? Uh, so I live with my lovely husband, Dan. I think we've been together about 18 years, 19 years, maybe. And then Eva is obviously the light of my life and she's eight she's just turned eight and she's a proper character and it's wonderful yeah I remember when on one of our calls particularly we at the time I think you were struggling you'd found a few nice things about yourself and I think maybe one of them was you're like your thumb or something and (laughs) (laughs) and that you're a kind person and then we went to Eva we went to your daughter and you just listed you couldn't stop listing yeah all these brilliant things about her and you went to me well, why can't you do that about yourself? You see, all of these things apply to you too. Yeah. And they particularly applied to you at the time because she's your daughter and, you know, she would have inherited like so many of your amazing traits and personality and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, thank you. That was, it was wonderful to hear that. Then the list just started growing, wasn't it? So let's, uh, yeah, let's get into it a little bit more. Should we go through the kind of nutrition part of it? Like what was the journey like? Were there times, you know, six weeks in or four weeks in where there was a massive dip and it's a bit like, I'm out, I'm out of here and it, this is again going to be a program that doesn't work and... And then actually you come back out of that. I mean, I felt I felt like for the first three weeks in particular, I was like, this is like, this is awesome. I am shit hot. I can do this. You know, I got all of the, like everything I needed. And I'm like, yeah, 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 no problem. I would just say like at the beginning, again, I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but like Amber has this brilliant way of keeping things very simple. So it's not, you don't have a load of rules, right? Which is just so refreshing. But I think as society, we've been conditioned into this thing that the only way you can eat healthily or lose weight is if you follow rules. And so there was quite a lot of information. I'm like, is this okay? Is this not okay? Oh God. So it's all a bit of a juggle and you're trying to fit it in and it's new. And so it feels hard, but like, at the beginning of something, you well, I do, I'm sort of all or nothing. So at the beginning, I go right for it. And I'm like, yes, I can do this, you know, etc. Which was great. And I got to week, yeah, I think it was week three, I just felt this, I felt absolutely fantastic. And then like between week three and four, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? There was a really big kind of like sort of big high and then a big like, oh my God, I can't do all of this. This is just too much. Not because there is a lot of pressure to do a lot, but it's a lot of information and a lot of self-reflection. We're so used to being told what to do. If you do this, 
this is what will happen. But actually, the whole premise is that we as humans, or I as, as the person wanting to do this, was in control. And there's a kind of education piece that goes, well, this is why this happens. It's not that you're absolutely shit at keeping lights like, of willpower. It's actually because you're eating the wrong things in the wrong order or whatever, in an order that's causing you to have a massive spike or a massive dip and then you feel like shit and you reach for the chocolate bar or whatever. Uh, for the first three weeks, it was it was great. And then I had this massive dip where I was like, oh my God, I'm actually not going to be able to do this because it means me having to face some of the things I don't really want to face into. This is going to sound a bit weird, but actually there was a moment where I thought, God, do I actually enjoy this kind of self-flagellation thing that I've got going on? Is that actually, because it's become a habit um, and actually is there some sort of weird twisted thing about me that's like, you know, I don't want to face into that. Now, of course, it's not that at all. It's just um, a new thing that you're trying to work on. Yeah, that's interesting, Philippa, isn't it? Because you hear people say that sometimes that not a lot of people want to do the work. They don't want to invert. They don't want to do the work when actually sometimes, yeah, it's not a case of them not wanting to do it. It's actually, yeah, it's hard. It's just hard, yeah, isn't it? A, what I realised, there's two things I realised about it. So one is it's a deeply ingrained habit, you know, didn't suddenly wake up one day and start thinking, oh, I like criticising myself. It, it happens over years and years and years of ingrained practices, doesn't it? And then the other thing is, is that, you know, it is just hard to try to change things. One of the key things that I learned, actually, with Amber and yourself is that make the goals small. So I used to make my goals massive, you know, like I'm going to lose three stone in three months and, you know, all of this. And of course, you're just setting yourself up to fail and then you feel even worse than you did before. Whereas uh, Amber is like, I remember one day we were talking about drinking water because water has been one of my challenges. I think it was week five, maybe, or six, I can't remember. But I'm like, right, you get to set a little goal for each each week. I was like, right, I'm going to eat, I'm going to drink eight glasses of water a day. And she was like, how many glasses do you drink at the moment, Phil? And I was like, none. And she's like... Maybe just like if you go for one or two glasses of water a day, actually that's more achievable. And I'm like, yes, she's so right. <laughs> you know. What is it about your personality, Philippa, that because that's gonna be a lifelong thing with you, isn't it? Totally. Actually, interestingly, so I've been diagnosed with ADD fairly recently, and it's a thing for ADHD people, apparently. It's this kind of thing that is like you see the vision of what you want really, really clearly, but the how to get there is just not a clear cut thing and you're kind of going all over the place. So it's almost like getting, yeah, getting the coaching and support to Keep see the- you on track and just understand that, like, say, I, I used to think a bit like, if it's worth doing, you go big or go home, you know, so if it's worth doing, it's worth doing all out. But actually life's not like that and it's not sustainable. And so if it's worth doing, it's almost like worth doing slowly. It's worth just making really small marginal gains, you know. And the fitness industry and- diet, nutrition industry, whatever we want to call it, actually leans into that a lot, doesn't it? As in, this is this result. Magic pill. Magic. five. Yeah. yeah, when actually, like you said, it's been a lifetime of habits building up. And, and this, for you, is only the beginning, you know, it's the beginning of the next... 40 years yeah I mean and the, it's interesting the other, the other thing that about the exercise part of it so or movement I should say you know I, I had to do quite a lot of work on 
this kind of blocker that I had about exercise. And I realized that I really saw exercise or any kind of exercise, not movement, as a punishment myself. And you and I, we had a coaching session where you, you said to me, are you doing things that you like in your PT? And I was like, I don't know. I don't. She, you were like, well, which exercises do you enjoy? Have you told your PT, etc.? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never even stopped to think that actually I could be doing the things that I enjoy. It sounds really stupid when I say it out loud to you, really, or sounds a bit daft, but it never occurred to me that like I could enjoy it. <laughs> and actually, I'm very pleased to report I do now enjoy it. Because <laughs> you're still doing it. You're stuck with, you decided to stay with the PT online. Yeah. yeah. And it's work. I wasn't sure about doing it at home and I wasn't sure about, you know, not having the personal thing. But Actually, because I'm so busy and because, you know, once we set a regular slot and Sunday mornings are now my slot and I wake up and very often I wake up and think, oh, no, I'm not really sure that I want to do this. And I always say that to Anula right at the beginning. I'm like, oh, I woke up again. I thought, oh, I could, you know, and then, and then she's like, I'll ask you 10 minutes in and like 10 minutes in. And I'm like, oh, yes, let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> you seen the big goal again. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, exactly. Tell us what other physical things you've been up to. You've just come back from holidays, haven't you? So I have come back from two holidays. I've been a real gad about. So I went away to Mallorca as a family holiday during half term. And, and like, again, holidays would be a time where you normally like, I would let myself go, you know, where it'd be like, well, eat all of the things that you're not allowed to eat, drink all of the drink you're not allowed to drink. I kind of we went away on holiday and we had a lovely time and I met lots of things that I really enjoyed and lots of things that I wouldn't have normally tried, but I was making sensible or good decisions. I still had ice cream and I still had wine, but like it's a week, right? It doesn't mean I failed at anything, which is what I would have thought previously. Basically, two veg and a bit of protein. So as long as what I'm eating, that's kind of what I go for. When I'm looking at menus or that kind of thing, I, that's how I think. I think two bits of protein and, a, and, and, a, and a two bits of veg and, a, and some protein. So will that be for lunch and for dinner? Preferably, but I'm, I'm not when I'm away or like if I'm not in control of it because I'm out and about. I just try and make, you know, a decision that is as close to that as I can. The beauty of being in Mallorca was, of course, tapas. So you could order lots of little things and try lots of different things. And it was great. It was great. And is that is that a, is it a difficult decision or is it just something like, it's, no, I do that now? It becomes fairly natural now. Uh, so it was for the first few weeks. I really had to think about it. But now, yeah, I, don't, I was making myself a salad for lunch and I was making fatouche. And I suddenly thought, oh, there's no protein in this. So I boiled up a couple of boiled eggs and I put sprinkled some um, seeds on it. And I was like, bingo. And so it's not it's not a conscious, oh, my God, I've got to do this thing. It's a, oh, yeah, where's my protein or where's my veg? It's a good uh, because the words good and bad, like they're tricky words, aren't they? And. I think now that it's like, I'm being good, I'm, you know, I can feel proud of th- that word and all that. But actually the habit is that I, that, that question goes through my mind when I'm just about to eat. And even if you don't manage to have the protein or all the veg or whatever, you've, it's gone through your mind and you go, yeah, cool. Next one, next one. Yeah. Exactly. And the moderation thing. So I've never really managed to do anything in moderation, but I've really learned with this program about the moderation thing that this sort of feeling that I just described about, you know, I'm not going to sweat it if I have a glass of wine or have an ice cream with Eva. That is part of enjoying life. You know, when the sun is shining and you're with your friends in the garden, you know, have a glass of wine. But ultimately, you just don't have a glass of wine 
every single night or don't have four glasses of wine instead think well i'll have two glasses of wine and i'll have two glasses of kombucha or kombucha even or whatever else is available <laughs> you know there's loads of different things you could have that's not alcohol i feel amazingly free about that it used to be take up so much headspace just thinking about whether something was good or bad or whether i should feel bad about myself because i'd done x and now I just think, well, it's just life, isn't it? Yeah, so you've, you've relieved yourself of that stress. That's a stress, isn't it? The feeling bad is a stress. And a, a stress, like you said, that actually, do, is this is this something that I, I want to hold on to? Do, maybe I want to be feeling shit all the time. Would you normally have gone on a holiday, like, free of, I don't care what I wear, and, you know, or would, you, would going on a holiday have brought you stress in the past? No, so it would have brought me stress. Because the heat, the heat does something. I think there's a lot of women out there that will feel the same that, you know, you show parts of your body, perhaps that you wouldn't normally want to show or that you feel self-conscious about. Well, firstly, because I'd been on the programme and at the end of the programme, I went on a personal shopping day, which was just absolutely brilliant Great fun. And if anybody has never done it, just do it because it was wonderful. Like a proper, you had a a personal shopper. Yeah. Um, We've got another client that did that and they just thought it was the best thing ever. It was brilliant. So they bring the stuff to you. You have your own room and they bring it to you and you just try on all these different things. And then they look at you and they go, try that with a belt or try that with this or, oh no, that doesn't work on you. And you're like, great. So that was, that was wonderful. So I had some new clothes to go on holiday with. But the other thing that I did, which I think is what you might have been talking about when you first asked me the question is a couple of weeks later or only a couple of weeks ago now, I went on a yoga retreat. Ooh, where was that here? So that was um, in Southern Spain. So 15 other women that I'd never met before, or like I'd met a couple of them in my yoga class, but I didn't really know anybody. It was five days just for me, Suzanne. And it was like the the first day I actually didn't know what to do with myself because I didn't have to think about anything other than what I wanted to do. I was like, I only have to worry about what I want to do. And it was like, oh my goodness, what? what? When was the last time you would have done that, Philippa? I've never done it before and I wouldn't have done it. What age is your daughter now? She's eight. So like eight plus years. Well, before I had Eva. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. And I'm so going again next year, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and were all the other women, what, who were they that were there? Yes, yeah, so amazing group of women, all different walks of life with different life experience, different ages, different like, yeah, life experiences. And really... I'm coming was, next year. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes, I'll send you the link. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was a lot of fun. We did, a, all of it was choice, right? So there's no pressure. If you didn't, one of the lovely things about it was that it was very accepting. So there was no kind of like, you know, uh, you have to be at yoga at eight o'clock. So you could do yoga at eight o'clock in the morning for an hour and a half. And then they had a session in the evening at like five o'clock for an hour and a half. Again, choose. And then we would all sit down to dinner um, and the food was fantastic, like a really gorgeous array of fresh stuff and wine. It was one of the things I had to check before I went on it. On it. I was like, "Is it? it's not a health retreat, is it? It's just a yoga retreat. And he was like, oh, no, no, Phil, you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, and really just an interesting time because I five days is a long time to kind of, your mind sort of wanders to places, properly reflects on things you know, and thinks, well, actually, I've really come a long way with that. Or I think maybe this is something that I want to look at in the next couple of months. You know, you just never have the headspace for that ever. Well, I certainly hadn't. So to come out of true you and then go on that 
retreat and then yeah to be have you were training yourself to be more reflective anyway right yeah that's right and I did an absolute Phil classic just before I went in that I'd I I I booked the wrong flights and I booked the wrong time off work and I had it all in my head and I'm oh and I just got it wrong and but what was really interesting I was interesting is I was so annoyed with myself that I was like right that's it I'm not going I'm not going, I can't, I can't embarrass myself any further. And then I, um, in fact, I'd sent a text to Amber and Amber was like, your mind's just busy, Phil. Don't worry about it. These things happen. And I thought, why on earth am I not wanting to go on this thing? Because I'd made a stupid mistake, like booked the wrong tickets, you know. And so obviously I, I then booked the right tickets and re- quickly rearranged my diary to, uh, to accommodate. Yeah, another like just beating yourself up, like back in the past again, yeah. Yeah, punish yourself by not going because you made a silly mistake. Another thing to feel bad about. But yeah, no, you'd be very welcome. Any, yeah, good fun. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I want to do your um, women in skiing one that you did in the in, in February. I'd really love to do that. Oh yeah, come to that. It was such a laugh. In terms of health, it was very lovely. The the hotel and the food was amazing and you I mean you are exercising all day long on a ski trip. Um but yeah, we just from the moment I met every like new people again just arrived at the airport on my own. And then knew via WhatsApp group that there was uh, Fran, this other person that I met from um, Brighton, they were going to be there. And then just a chat at the airport at six in the morning, you know, and then, but because everybody's in the same boat, it's like people describe it when they go to university, right? Everybody's there. Everybody's there to be friendly, to be kind, to be just nice to each other. And we had a ball. And because yeah, you're skiing all day, so you're up no matter how late. And there were plenty of late nights. And plenty of dancing on tables and nah. And it, we didn't wait till nighttime to dance on the tables. We started that at like four o'clock as you do with Apres Ski. But it was the free, it was the freeing when you, when you said that, that you had time for you, like that, it, it's that you had time to think. You're not worried about getting up the next morning or what time I need to go to bed. Or if I do have this other drink, that that's going to impact how I feel tomorrow. And then the next day and the next day, the impact on work, the impact on children, family, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lovely. It's a tremendously freeing thing, isn't it? Just to get away. And that can be, that can be half a day, a full day, a weekend or a week, right? Whatever people, whatever is within people's capacity at a particular time, because there's plenty of times we just wouldn't be able to do that, right? Mentally and physically. So I have to say, Dan looked at me when it, when he, when, when <laughs> he was like, oh, thank God you're home. He said, thank God you're home. And I was like, but to be fair to him, when I said I wanted to go again, he was like, oh, that's fine. Yay. <laughs> Not that I was asking him permission. No, no, for sure. Team. We are a team. So, you know, it is a big deal. And what's changed, if anything, you as a mum? Have you changed? So, yeah. Yes, I think, honestly, it has changed virtually every area of my life. So, yes, I am much calmer than I was before I had a tendency because my stress levels and uh, you and I had many conversations about my stress levels as as did Amber and I that really one of my the key drivers behind a lot of the poor decisions I was making is because I sort of lived in a perpetual stressful state through various things I mean I have changed my working hours as as a result but also carving out time for me in various ways and also organising my own diary. I always had the power to, but I never thought about, you know, not putting meetings in back to back and stuff like that. I just used to shove it all in there. And I think that has meant all of that just means that I am 
a much calmer mum. And we we actually, even I move quite a lot together now. We move much more. So I love to open water swim and I've done paddle boarding a few times and definitely this summer. So even I move quite a lot together now and she loves to dance and she loves to do gymnastics. And we often just have like little dances around the kitchen and stuff like that. All of which is movement, but we're having fun and we're connecting. And I think generally the, the ways in which I'm a better mum all stems from the fact that I am just calmer and I'm not on edge. I mean, don't get me wrong. She still drives me to distraction on occasion, you know, and you're still like, Eva! Is it control, like you've got, uh, not control over her, but control of your life, right? Like you're, you're making decisions about the time that you spend doing work and doing social stuff. And my struggle with big emotions, I know people, or emotional regulation, I am a big feeler, so I feel everything. And I think when I'm stressed, those big emotions become harder for me to handle. And so I'm closer to flying off the handle or I'm closer to being arsy or grumpy or all of those things. Whereas because I have more space, my emotional regulation is better. And I think that's good for Eva too, to show her how to deal with some of her emotions because kids have big emotions and they learn from their parents, don't they? So I think that that that's good. I even got told by Eva the other day that I was the fun parent, which has never happened before because Daniel is a very fun parent. (laughs) And I was like, really, Eva? And she went, no, mummy, I'm just being nice to you. (laughs) Yeah, but she meant it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm taking it. Yeah, you're taking that for sure. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and tell us about then your your movement stuff, like in terms of strength training and, and yeah, like doing things you like and actually enjoying that move, turning that from punishment and I'm doing this for weight or whatever to actually something that you're choosing to do at a time. So it is what I've been surprised with is that how tremendously rewarding it is to lift heavy shit (laughs) and like move your body and like do difficult things with your body or things that you think oh my god because it's a bit of a challenge for the mind sometimes too as well and so I think that's been a really significant change for me and the fact that I will push myself as well is something I would not have ever said that I would do before so we were last weekend we were doing um can't think what the exercise is called it'll come to me in a minute anyway it was really hard and I was really like struggling and Anula had said, right, just 12, 12 reps or 10 if you can. I'm like, fuck it. I am going to do 12 reps. I am not going to give up at 10. And normally I would have given up at 10 because I'm just like, oh, this is too hard. And I just think there's a, a sort of enjoyment of actually just pushing yourself that bit more and moving your body. And the other thing I'm always really surprised about, and Anula's lovely like this, she always goes, yeah really good form well done you know that that's looking really good there and I'm I always want to turn around and say you're talking to me you know because, <laughs> because I've never considered myself to be that way and actually that was something else you and I talked about wasn't it you sort of tell yourself the story about who you are and I would have said that I'm not fit or not sporty or any of those things but actually it's just a narrative that I've told myself it doesn't mean that it's actually true yeah because when we broke that down you were an outdoorsy tell us the stuff you did as kids yeah so um yes all, a lot of skiing and um, because my dad used to run a ski company so I used to love skiing I would love anything that had some risk involved with it so like climbing climbing trees mostly when I was ki- a kid but like climbing um rock climbing bouldering you know, open water swimming, swimming, full stop, anything to do with water, you know, 
yeah, and all of that stuff, I just love, I love it. And anything that's slightly risky or people look at you and go, that's a bit mad. Because I don't like necessarily, I don't really enjoy the summer open water swimming when there's loads of people. I'm like, you've got to be hardcore. I don't know, there's something in me that likes that little bit of like rebellion that is, no, I do it when it's like minus four or whatever. Are you sporty? Are you a sporty adult? Yes, Suzanne, I am sporty. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) And I can do things. Um, we So I work for the Outward Bound Trust, obviously the Outward Bound Trust, right? They, canoeing, rock climbing, all of those outdoor adventures. One of my colleagues, I work in the head office rather than the centres, but one of my colleagues sent around an email um, on Friday that said, if anybody from head office wants to come and experience what we do, you can do, you know, we can, you can swim across the lake, you can motorboat, you can use the motorboat, you can, all this list of stuff, canoeing, gill scrambling. Do you want to come? And I was like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> That's probably why you got into that job in the first place, you know. Well, but I, then you... I think there's definitely an element of that, definitely an element of it. And let's face it, it's a fun thing, right, to be outdoors and to to be working in an environment that's well I'm lucky enough to work in an environment where basically what I am doing is making a difference to young people which is a tremendous thing and it's like it's really interesting that you moved from being that child slash teenager to not feeling like that and refinding that again yeah I mean I, I did try to think about where it sort of where not not went wrong because it's not a bad thing it just is what it is but like where I went off the track but I think a lot of it is to do with body image and I, I would think that there are a lot of mums and dads of teenagers if they're listening to this that and where you know once you start developing a woman's body you feel much more self-conscious about what you might look like if you're hot and sweaty and running and all of those things and so I think that's probably what drove it. And then the more unfit I got because I didn't really move, the more I felt like I couldn't do it because I was comparing myself to others. Not anymore. What kind of movement are you doing? Like, because we we do a couple of different kind of perspectives on movement, don't we? So yes, you do the kind of strength training, but if we go to NEAT, so it's that everyday movement. So that was actually a big breakthrough for me, Suzanne, the concept of NEAT, which I don't know what the... the what it breaks down to but it's basically I don't know what it stands for the acronym but the concept of the fact that actually if I just went upstairs a few more times each day that would be considered towards my movement was kind of fairly revolutionary for me and I think there's been a number of things that I've done with my movement and there's still a long way to go but I basically I measure my steps now I only do it on my phone I keep meaning to buy myself a flash watch that measures it but you know basically I've doubled my amount of steps for the last three months now, I've, I've doubled, but I've also imp- I've improved each month. I'm still not up my 10, like the, the golden 10,000, to be honest with you. But actually just the fact that, that I can see that there's been a sustained and significant improvement. Do you have a watch? What do you do it on? No, so I just do it on my phone. So sometimes if you forget your phone or whatever, it doesn't always work. You can add but- on about two, two or 3,000. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would never do that, Suzanne. I would never guess. That would never be a good thing. And um, my eyes were looking down there because I was like, I can't, I can't remember what neat is, but I've looked it up. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Yeah, so it's the it's it's your internal system really working, isn't it? Everything it's basically energy expended for everything we do that is, that is not sleeping or eating or sports like activities. So your sporty 
stuff and your training stuff, that's all kind of an extra bonus. The other thing that I do now, there's a few things I do towards my knee. So when I'm working from home, like I am today, I've got three floors in my house. And so I go to the toilet on the top floor, right? So I always, I don't ever use the middle bathroom, always go to the toilet on the top floor. And when I'm at work, I've now got a slot in my diary that literally says walk. And and sometimes all I do is get up and walk around the, so we, we sort of live in a, we work in a, I don't know what you call it, but like a, a business center type thing. And I walk around the edge and other times I will go for a proper walk because we're sort of in such a lovely place. And I wouldn't say that I do it every single day without fail, but um, I'm much more conscious of it. And it definitely gets my sort of step count up. And then stuff like dancing about in the kitchen. Eva and I, we do a shake it off. When we get home from school, we do shake it off. And where we we obviously put on Taylor Swift because that would that would you know, uh, and we and we just kind of shake it out. So whatever, like if she's grumpy or I'm grumpy or like or she's really excitable or whatever, and we just shake it off and we have a dance off kind of competition. I mean, like it's three minutes that song, but we do it and it's it's and it's a lovely little tradition that we do. You know, I yeah, love that because you you are like it, does she? Can you see a difference in her after she does it? And you're the connect. You're both of you. The connection, then the build. Yeah, that's right. And that thing, you know, uh, you probably get it as well. When they get in the car and you're home from school, and immediately they're like, "I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm tired." And you're like, "Okay." And so we just do a bit of a shake off, which is a really nice little thing. And then I, I wanted to do tap, but I've never. And I, I just haven't managed to get it organised. Basically, there's always been a reason why I haven't been able to do it. So I'm hoping that in September time, I will have just carved out a bit of proper time for me to do some tap. Because I think tap seems like really fun. And my friend, my best friend who lives like two doors down from me, she goes and I want to go with her and we'll just have a nice little giggle together. Is that one of the things you said when you were away on the yoga retreat and just reflecting on life now and the things that you want to do? Is that one of the things? Yes. So that is one of the things. Tap was one of the things, as, as was Going back to yoga, so the slot that I used to have for True You was on a Wednesday night, and I want to use that time for yoga. But again, I haven't. I think this summer, this summer term kind of thing, just really busy, isn't it? And so again, I'm like, well, don't sweat about it. But if you want to do it, then you've got to plan it in. But plan it in for a time when it works. And that's the learning, isn't it? Because actually doing something now at the beginning of summer, summer, I mean, sometimes you can pull it off and it's fine Go to go, right, it'll be a bit sporadic for a couple of months. But actually when I get a bit of consistency and the slot and the building the next thing in and the next thing. That, and that's that's right. And really, the, the small changes, you know, they soon add up. I mean, you only have to look at my um, walking tracker to see the changes that just, you know, going to the loo on the top floor. Yeah. Well, I was going to say to you, actually, do you take um, one step at a time now or are you on two steps? I think I still mostly take one step. I've not thought about that. Okay. Two steps at a time. Two steps at a time. You've thrown down the gauntlet. Yeah. I will report back. We're always like, just pushing a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but that's the bits that just keep you going, don't they? Yeah, and that is... that. Essentially, that is strength training. So when, when we're training in strength, quite often we're doing step-ups, right? And that's coming from your bum, your hamstrings, and then your quads and core has to stay upright. So, yeah, it's a it's a great way to just get it in and then know. It's a nice measurement tool as well to know where you're at with it all. I'm going – it'll be interesting. This Saturday, I've changed um, 
I've changed around my PT this weekend. Basically, it's normally on a Sunday, but it's going to be on Saturday instead. But then afterwards, I'm straight away going on a big hike. And I'm like, God, by the time I get to Saturday evening, my legs are going to be like, woo. <laughs> but that's the, um, you know, at the beginning of like the nutrition or when we start a new movement, there that line, like it's like, boom, like you can see this progress. And we do have these times in life too, right? When like... For me, even skiing was like that. My ankles and my calf muscles and my uh, quads after skiing. And it's like, yeah, cool. You've you've actually done a big thing here. Now try and sustain that rather than boom, boom, and I'm gone back down again. I'm using my hands a lot because we're on video. Um, so I'm basically, yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. And I really like this concept of marginal gains. I, I forget what he's called, the guy that used to do um, British racing, like bike racing. And he's got this concept or this model that's called marginal gains. If you Google it, you read about it. But the fact that you could improve by 1%, which is totally doable, right? Totally doable. But then by the end of the year, you've improved exponentially. Takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Where you're just, I'm just going to move this along. I use that in business a lot. There's so many different aspects of it. And it's like, actually, we can just, you know, improve each aspect just a little bit every time, every day, every week. Yeah. So what else is next? I would like to set myself a challenge. This is so I'm on holiday for two weeks in um, Cornwall, like at the beginning of the summer holidays. And I'm going to use that time to think about a little movement challenge in particular, because I feel like I'm not sitting on my laurels about the food and nutrition, but I feel like I've got the it's kind of happening naturally and it's not. It's just happening. It doesn't concern me particularly anymore. I don't really worry about it. Yeah, there are some weeks that need a bit of improvement and, you know, all of that. But the movement thing, I still feel like I want to set myself a goal. I'm not quite sure because my tendency is still to go, I'm going to run the marathon, you know, and do the big goal. But I haven't quite worked out what that's going to do. But my, that time, that two weeks is going to be my time to think about what kind of goal I could set myself some sort of little challenge either a big challenge that then can be broken down you know into smaller challenges or or kind of yeah so I think that's probably do they Philippa do they do any like events in the Lake District that are like a canoe a climb a swim so yeah so they do um they like a triath they do loads of triathlons triathlons will be your swim cycle and run my problem with that is i hate bikes suzanne fucking hate them yeah that's what i was thinking in the west of ireland they have the they have canoeing as one of the activities i'm sure that they do like every weekend particularly in the summer there are like events going on and there's there's this other one that's called which again you know like it's probably a bit big go big and go home but there's um there's like a 50k fell race you can either do 50k or 100k fell race over 24 hours right you're looking at me as if to say <laughs> um, and I'm like and and one of my one of the women that I met at the yoga retreat did it she's fantastic and she did it at like kind of age 50 as a kind of fuck it I can still do these things for myself and I'm like well yeah maybe I could do something like that but uh, I'm not sure I'm also a bit scared because that's a really big thing mm, that goes back to the big thing and it's kind of coming back to it's not that you can't do that. Yeah, it's like, what what are the events in between that to lead up to that? Which is what you would do if you if you were training for a big event. 
you'd have the events in between. So if it was a run, it would be the 5Ks, the 10K and then the half and, and so on. So I don't really feel like, weirdly, I don't feel like I've got my, I, I, I'm not looking at some, like a, a form of exercise like tap or yoga and going, oh my God, yeah, that's it. That is my thing. That's the thing I really love. I mean, I do love yoga and I think tap sounds, it's going to be fun, but I haven't quite found the thing that like really does it for me. It's really interesting because I have that discussion here with people as well and, we talk about what is the, the the adventure, like an adventure or something or other. And I'm like, I can imagine us all like in a different country, getting into canoes and then getting in, doing the next thing and the next, you know, like lots of different activities. And maybe in a little team to get you from one place to the next would be awesome. Yeah. So we should, uh, we should look at that. Because there's a few of us down here as well, Philippa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few yeah. adventurous souls. Yeah, exactly. Tell us lastly about your Teflon coat, please. Oh, my Teflon coat. So I I work in HR and HR, by its very connotations, is often dealing with, like, with negativity, right? With negative situations and people who are angry or upset or emotional. And then I am somebody who is also quite an emotional person. Basically, I, Suzanne and I were having this little coaching session and I find that what happens is I absorb everybody's feelings and negativity. And then on top of that, there's my own negativity where I'm beating myself up and telling myself how rubbish I, this is what I used to do, of course, <laughs> telling myself how, how rubbish I am. And uh, Suzanne was like, um, well, you, you just got to, uh, you didn't say you've just got to. <laughs> the famous <laughs> words, you just yeah. got to. What, what about like a visualization of like um, an item of clothing that's made out of Teflon. I think you did that, Philippa. I, I think actually I... You I, are I the, so you're a creative. Teflon. Yeah, that's right. I talked with you. I said, oh, yeah, Teflon. I need to be like Teflon Terry because that's the like person in my head, Teflon Terry. And I think then you were like, oh, yeah, okay. So um, we, I'm quite a creative person. I'm visual. I'm not a kind of learner through words. And so, yeah, so ha- somehow in this conversation, we came up with this concept of a Teflon coat. It started off as a dress, um, which I never used to wear, but I have to say I am wearing one today. Oh, wow, because I, I remember you drawing yourself in a dress and I just asked you that question, do you wear yeah, dresses? I was like, no, no. you only ever wear jogging bottoms or jeans. Yeah, so you um, turned it into a coat at the time, but you're wearing a dress today. Is this a new thing? Have you started wearing dresses? Uh, yes, much more. So I'm much more just, uh, I'm having a bit of fun with what I wear. I'm not kind of like, I just feel a bit less like I have to hide away in my jeans and t-shirt and more like, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still wear my jeans and t-shirt and sometimes, um, you know, jogging bottoms are the thing, but I've got more of an array of stuff that I like and I feel like good in. So yeah, but this Teflon coat was just this thing that we came up with that that's, was so useful in just thinking about when people, if I use a work scenario, but it works in life scenarios too, when people are like really upset or shouty or ranty or this is not good enough and you can't treat me like this or whatever it is, um, you know, or hugely emotional because like they've just been diagnosed with a very serious illness or whatever those things are or their child has tried to commit suicide or been in an accident, like all of these things, right, that we support and want to look after. But I find that I absorb them all. So the Teflon coat, basically, I I visualise all these things coming towards the coat and it just like bouncing off or sliding off like a fried egg, like sliding sliding down the Teflon. And it's just really useful to have in my little toolkit when I notice 
these things happening because it's ha- a lot of it's habit it's like right okay how can I just and then I think yeah Teflon coat works well and it just it's going back to did you do much of the journaling as part of this stuff or did you oh my god right so the journaling it's revolutionary so when when Amber first suggested journaling I was a bit like mm-hmm. Not really sure. I'm sure lots of people think like this. They just think, oh, no, really? This sounds a bit sort of hippie or namby-pamby or something that's like, I'm like, mm-hmm. And also, I'm not a writer, really, because I'm dyslexic. So I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want, you know. Well, <laughs> we did a session on affirmations. And then we did a session about our inner voice in the 12-week course. And I can't remember at which point these two things kind of came together for me. I bought myself a journal, a one page a day journal. And basically at the top in the morning, I have to write three things that I'm grateful for. I have to write an affirmation, my day's affirmation. And I have to write how I'm going to make today good. And then in the evening, I have to write, I mean, I say I have to, I I don't have, it's a choice, but I do. Um, Three good things about my day, what I'm going to do tomorrow to make the day good. And I promise you, I really, I never thought that it, could be so effective at banishing the, the, the way that gratitude and, you know, acknowledgement of what's good in your life can banish the negativity. It's such a powerful thing. And now I do, I do this every day now. It takes me two minutes. It's the first thing I do when I wake up and it's the last thing I do before I go to sleep. It takes me two minutes. And if I don't do it for whatever reason, like I just went away for the weekend, funnily enough, lovely weekend, but I forgot to take my book with me and I didn't do it. And I could feel a bit sort of stressy. I don't know whether that's the right way to put it, but just unsettled because like I haven't taken a moment to think about all the good things of which there are plenty. Yeah. So journaling may sound completely like, well, yeah, that's not going to be for me. And I definitely felt like that, but now I would not. Um, do you ever draw on it? Do you ever sketch or is it? Um, so I have another notebook that I kind of draw things. We're getting into it now. For <laughs> into it. I have another one that I draw things in because I like to measure as well. So I like to kind of, I like to see the measurements and sometimes I draw the measurements like just in a rough kind of graph or like a picture of something that like I want in the future. At the moment, one of my pictures is a paddleboard because I want to buy a paddleboard and I want to get into paddleboarding. So this, Which you're going to do this summer, right? We're going to do this summer, yeah. So Eve and I are going to go together and do it. I can't persuade Dan to do it. but um, Is it right because of your job, you've got a bit of access to yes. some lovely waters? So, yes, yeah. we have. I'm very lucky. We're kind of basically parking and access to the lakes is no problem because of what I do for a living so or where where I work basically so that's really good that's amazing yeah I was um yesterday so we're in Forest Hill in London and Beckenham have they've managed to kind of build the lake and sort it out and it's 10 minutes down the road now it does cost because Zadie went into um it was a mini mini paddleboard lesson I mean, he no more needed a lesson. He just wanted to be in the water. That was like, can I jump in the water? Can I jump in the water? And I was like, listen to the lady. <laughs> Shh, listen. <laughs> do what they're being told to do. <laughs> he was just so beyond, beyond excited. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's actually spending the t- most more time in the... I spent... The first time I ever did it, I spent very little time on the board and most of the time in the water. But... That's all part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's going back to just like, oh my god, how lucky you know we are to be able to pop down the road and do those things. Agreed. I mean, I am tremendously lucky to live where I live. We have so much 
brilliant outdoor stuff on our doorstep. And like when it comes to summer and the tourist season, we get a bit like oh, they're a blooming tourist, you know, kind of thing. So and things get busier, and you're a bit like, oh my god, I can't find anywhere to park or whatever. But like we're so lucky because we get to access it all year round, and we know all the good spots. Yeah. As well. <laughs> And you're hardcore, so, you know, it's as good in the winter as it is in the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, well, Philippa, it's such a pleasure. We just keep, Amber and I keep nagging you about doing different things because we don't want you to, you know, leave us and we want to... <laughs> we do it. I don't mind being nagged. In keep fact, you involved like in our lives <laughs> yeah, somehow. Yeah. And actually, I'm hoping, I'm, well, I am coming down to London in August and I sent Amber a note to say... Once I've got everything sorted, I'm going to let you know and we've got to got to meet up. Reclaiming Yourself, the podcast, brought to you with PhotologyHub.com. If you enjoyed the conversations, please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free.